Hi everyone, and welcome to episode one of Eat, Sleep, Cloud Repeat. I'm James Miller, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about the cloud. Now, a lot of people I talk to are confused by the cloud. There are so many different vendors, so many different products, and lots of confusing terms. I recently asked a friend who works for Amazon Web Services to describe the cloud to me. He spent a good 10 minutes getting very, very excited, talking about Elastic Beanstalk, cloud formation, S3 and Lambda functions, how this service can talk to that service, and how it can all run globally at a touch of a button. To be honest, even I was a little confused. Now, to really understand the cloud, you need to go back in time. So let's start with a little history lesson. Back in the 1940s, the then president of IBM, a wonderful chap called Thomas Watson, was quoted as saying that there was probably a global market for, say, five computers. Now, remember back then, a computer would fill a large room. These were enormous machines and very, very expensive. I guess he was thinking perhaps only rich and powerful countries could afford them. Maybe we'd end up with one computer per continent, and those computers would do all of the work across the globe. Now you're probably thinking, whoa, did he get it wrong? There must be billions of computers out there. Well, maybe, but it really depends on how you look at it. Microsoft, Amazon and Google all offer cloud services, which could each be thought of as a giant computer. These clouds are made up of millions of individual computers, all connected together, but acting as a single service. Companies like IBM are also building powerful computer grids. In fact, IBM's Kitty Hawk is said to be so powerful that it could run the entire internet, all on its own. The laptops and phones that we use are really just extensions of this grid. Terminals that interact with these giant computers. Google Mail, Apple iCloud, Spotify and Netflix all sit on the cloud, as do most services that we take for granted. So let's start with the idea that the cloud is just a computer. A very large, very complicated computer, but a computer nonetheless. Now, many years ago I worked for a shipping company and we shipped auto parts all across the globe. Now, this was long before the days of cloud computing, so we owned all of our own servers. Now, our servers, about 10 of them, were co-located. That means that our physical servers sat in racks within our hosting company's data centre. And I often had to go there, to that data centre, to carry out maintenance and updates. So I'd get in the car and drive to the data center and plug directly into the network. I could physically touch those machines. Each server had a couple of hard drives that I could see and touch. The lights would flash when I uploaded a file. Each server had a processor and memory that would leap into action whenever a task needed performing. So why is this important? Well, when we think about a computer, it really has two components storage and compute. That's the disk drive that stores our data 
any process or an operating system that handles our task. Now, when we think about the cloud, it's no different. In fact, this is a fundamental concept in cloud computing that will help you with your understanding. So the basic building blocks of the cloud, just like a physical machine you might have sat under your desk, all these servers in our data center are storage and compute. It doesn't matter what platform you're using or what you're trying to build, you need to be able to store data and process it. So these are the two components fundamental to every cloud that we need to understand. Now let's ignore the names of these things for the time being. In Azure, it's called Azure Storage. It's S3 on Amazon, but it really doesn't matter. What we're looking at here are concepts. I'm gonna be using Azure as an example, but we could be talking about Amazon Web Services or Google Cloud. Really doesn't matter. So storage is where our data sits in the cloud. And you can think of this as one enormous hard disk. Actually, it's more likely that there are billions of disks. Think of this as a giant infinite hard disk in the cloud. On top of this storage, you have compute. Now at its most basic level, this is virtual machines. In fact, virtual machines are the number one reason that most people use the cloud. Virtual machine is just like a physical machine that you might have on your desk, except it lives somewhere else. The important thing to remember about virtual machines is that the machines themselves don't actually know that they're virtual. They're essentially a computer within another host computer. It's a bit like the matrix. They just don't know about it. You could have a Linux virtual machine running inside a Windows host. Now, I say virtual machines are the number one reason most people use the cloud, and this is true. In fact, this really just goes to reinforce the fact that people don't understand cloud computing. If you have a physical server in your office, and you just move that server to a virtual machine in Azure or AWS, you haven't really achieved much. I worked for a company once that actually did this and we moved 50 plus servers to Amazon Web Services, what's called a lift and shift. Now, technically these servers are in the cloud, but they aren't really getting the benefit of the cloud. They aren't using any cloud native technologies. They've just moved the servers from one location to another. Now, maximizing these cloud benefits with these cloud native technologies is one of the things that we're gonna be looking at as we move throughout this series. Remember when I used to go to my hosting provider and physically touch my servers? Well, those days are gone. You just can't do that with the cloud. Our understanding of storage is different too. If I had a file to a physical server sat under my desk, I get a single copy of that file on the hard disk. I have to manage that file, make sure it's backed up by scheduling backups every day, once a week, once a month. If the data becomes lost or corrupted, I need to restore that file manually from my backup. However, if I had files to Azure Storage, that file could be replicated two, three or more times across different regions, instantly replicated across the globe. Now, another fundamental thing to think about with storage is that typically the storage is going to be slower than the storage you might have in your physical server. If you think about a physical server, 
the disk drives are directly wired into the motherboard. You can touch the wire, and when you read and write that data, the data travels really fast across that wire. They're also really close together, right? Inches apart. Well, in the cloud, that may not be the case. Your storage and virtual machines will probably be in the same data center, but not necessarily. They're certainly not going to be in the same rack or on the same server. And they probably won't be connected with physical wires. Not directly, at least. They're going to use software networking and other virtual technologies to communicate. And it's really important that you understand this. If we were to write an application now on a virtual machine that was really disk intensive, reading and writing lots of data, then it's important to know where our storage is. If our virtual machine is in Europe, and our storage is in California, say, then the read and write times are going to be impacted by this geographical separation. So storage and virtual machines are the building blocks of any cloud. On top of this, we can build other things like app service, containers, web stuff, websites, APIs. All of those services use those basic building blocks of virtual machines and storage. Now, virtual machines are infrastructure, what we call infrastructure as a service. We rent these virtual machines just like you might rent a car. If you take a product like Azure App Service, which lets you host websites and APIs to do other cool stuff with your web content, this is built on top of those same components. It's a layer that sits above the virtual machines. They're still there, you just can't see them. The cloud platform has hidden that infrastructure from you. Here, the cloud provider is managing those virtual machines and that storage, updating the operating system, providing the network and all of the other infrastructure. You don't need to worry about any of that plumbing. Now, every Azure service, in fact, every service on every cloud platform is built on top of this basic fabric. And during the rest of this series, we're going to dive into these other services and broaden our understanding of how this thing we call the cloud all hangs together. <laughs>